Logic, popcats, you know logic. Hit me with this podcast one more time. One more time. We're up all night to get pod. We're up all night to get cast. Mm. Hello. When pod is the answer. <laughs> and welcome to We Bought a Mike, a pop culture podcast celebrating the death of music r.i.p music you had a great run do you want to get into that now no let's 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 work our way up to that i'm not ready to be sad quite yet i want to start off by being angry and i meant music the film oh oh okay all right cool golden globes (laughs) where kate olsen is the only person that's happy that movie exists kate upton kate 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 Upton. Yeah. No. Kate Winslet. No. <laughs> Kate, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. Oh. Come on, boys. Guess that, Kate. <laughs> Katie Holmes. Good Lord. It's because we were just talking about Elizabeth Olsen pre-pod, so yeah. now Olsen's on the mind. Mm-hmm. Kate. I already forgot. What was it? Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> was she like an American Idol star? No. <laughs> she was a humongous fucking A-list movie this. star. She was one of the biggest movie you- stars on the planet. Like. Within the last decade. Oh. Yeah, and then she kind of just didn't. She's really the daughter get the of same. Goldie Hawn. Yeah, she hasn't gotten the same. Well, because part of it has been the death of rom coms. And also, she just aged and she's a woman. So, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, she just and that's doesn't, Hollywood for they, you. They, yeah, they don't get parts, unfortunately. Welcome to the show. I'm Ernest. Good Lord. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the Golden Globes. Well, it's going to be the worst episode ever. I am. <laughs> I am trying to aspire to reach the same level as David Fincher at the Golden Globes last night with how much alcohol I will consume. And also, I am fully able to be bought out uh, for a trip to Paris. We will talk about your show on the podcast if you do that. My name is Hunter. And I'm Drew. Today. I'm, I'll show you, Let me show you a picture uh, that includes Kate Hudson. Maybe it'll maybe it'll ring a little bell for you, Ernie. How about you that? You know who Kate Hudson how about, is. How about this picture? Oh, you mean Dupree. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> How wow. dare you? I yeah. own the Blu-ray. Almost Famous. I was again 10 days. I mean, yeah, she was a star. Oh my God. Just, she's the star of Almost Famous. Yeah. Fuck. I I was like, you know who this person is. I just said Kate Olsen because we were talking about Elizabeth Here's Olsen. Here's a little trivia question for you guys. What modern pop star was forced to change their name because their actual name is Kate Hudson? Hmm. Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> is she like changing name? And like, well, there's already this Phoebe Waller Bridgers, and they're like, ah, oh, fuck it, close enough. Phoebe Bridger. No, um, I don't know. Katy Perry. Oh, that's right. Wow. You know what? I did actually. I think that you told me that. I fun did. Fact. Her name is is Kate Hudson. That's fun, right? Yeah. Um. So uh, I guess you, you don't know her name either, huh? Anyway, I feel bad we didn't draft Katy Perry in the 2000s album. I draft. don't, man. She, she, Teenage Dream is a banger of an album. One of the boys, I, I, yeah. One, one of, of the boys yeah. is phenomenal. I know. She though is 
has never wowed me. It's like her albums are good. Her song constructions are good. Yeah. I, I think that she's very manufactured. I think she has a pretty awful singing voice, too. I think she's not. Uh, it's like it's it's like the thing where you can hit notes, but that mean that doesn't mean you're a good singer. Like you're wailing. Sure. I, I mean, wailing. I think that Katy Perry is a better singer than what you're giving her credit hey. for. Teenage Dream also wouldn't have been eligible because it was a 2010 album. Otherwise, I feel like that might have been on. Yeah, the, I guess one of the boys story. was the only one. Yeah, I I love that album. One of the boys is also a good album too. Good pop album. Go to you're hot and you're cold. Yeah, yes, okay. and you're no, you're in or you're out. You're up and you're down. You're gold or you're globes. Freaking that song uh, taught me what bipolar meant. I just gave you a nice transition. Wait, I'm, I'm just <laughs> you want to do it? You want to do I'm, another take for you're that? Hot, you're cold. You're yes, and you know you're in. You're out. You're up and you're down. You're gold or you're globes. Oh, sorry. So we watched Nomadland this week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, the Golden Globes just happened as of recording this last night. Um, and none of us watched it. None of us watched it. I was curious if you at least watched it, Ernest. I I, actually, I wanted to, but I didn't. I didn't know how. I figured it was going to be on Peacock, yeah, and then was. it wasn't. And I was like, I'm oh, it good. Wasn't? Oh, well, yeah. So. so here's the thing. Um, I didn't watch the Globes live, but then the main thing that you watch the Golden Globes for is the acceptance speeches. So this morning I saw on Twitter and everywhere like what the highlights were and then I watched most of those that way. So I watched like the monologue and some of the highlight speeches and stuff like that. But before I actually get into the ceremony itself, I wanted to talk about the L.A. Times um, investigative journalism pieces that came out this week because it was kind of fascinating. Um we, since we are kind of more in tune with uh, the Hollywood machine, as it were, know that the Golden Globes are a joke. And I feel like a lot of times we just kind of say in passing the Globes are a joke, but don't actually explain why. And I feel like you need to actually get into more of this because the thing is, this is the second most award show, watched award show every year. It yeah. gets more views than the Emmys. It's a and it's actually encroaching on the oscars as far as viewership goes but this week uh the la times posted a series of pieces i think that they're up to like four or five different pieces now going in on what is wrong with this award ceremony with the hollywood foreign press specifically there is only 87 members um, you could just end it right there. Yes. I'm not interested in watching how 87 people voted on. Movies. Unless it was like an actual, like more, you know, scientific cross section of the movie watching public. Even still, like, I mean, if you look at the New York films critics circle, there's more than 87 people who choose on awards for these. Things. Yeah. And these critics are not necessarily like the most upstanding critics. In fact, they're far from it. In fact, often. a lot of them aren't critics. Um, yeah. It came out. Uh, there are many people. One of the only qualifications that you have to, is that you have to have five published pieces a year here to tell you that's not what full time journalism is at mm-hmm. all. Um Jeez. A lot of them uh, came out one every other month. They have one person who is just a supermodel that is not a critic whatsoever. Um, And one of the big revelations was despite having some people of color because it is the foreign press, there is not a single black person in the Hollywood foreign press. And there has not been for 20 years. Hmm. Um, It really kind of came out with uh, a couple different things. Um, People talking about uh, specifically 
some people where some antitrust lawsuits were coming out, uh, different people were coming out saying how they were barred from entry. And it realized it kind of people put the pieces together and realized that this is a club that they don't really let anybody else come in, even if you are fully qualified, even if you do meet all the accreditations because they vote on them individually. And it's a shit show. And this is another thing that uh, has been known for a while, but it came out most explicitly uh, through this journalism piece. Um, the show Emily in Paris, whenever that was nominated for a bunch of Golden Globes, people like raise an eyebrow like, huh, that show wasn't very good and it definitely wasn't very awards worthy. Well, through the journalism pieces, uh, it was discovered that over half the body of the Hollywood foreign press were given a two night stay at basically the nicest hotel in Paris where rooms are valued at $1,500 to $2,000 a night. Mm-hmm. So was, was they Emily fully get bought out by people and they were sued. Uh, the antitrust lawsuit um, that somebody put up against them saying that this is like a fake award show. That they can just buy their way to nominations and often to wins see uh what was the movie that won last year uh the leica movie oh yeah missing link yeah missing link yeah. <laughs> that was like a classic what is this yeah you can just buy your way to a win and it's all about schmoozing it's not about quality whatsoever but the reason why i wanted to talk about this is because despite the fact that all these allegations came out this award show is still given an air of legitimacy that is really troubling movies that win this become front runners for the Oscars yeah. and they get watched by more people. You can go to a store and it'll say winner of three golden globes. I'd still to this day that hate that on my copy of moonlight, it says winner of two, of four golden globes Yikes. and not best picture winner. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. We need to stop taking this ceremony serious in any kind of way. It's just an excuse to watch uh, famous people get drunk and talk. We need to just replace it with a more fun award show. Like, just make the Indie Spirit Awards go in this slot. Mm -hmm. That would be ideal. That yep. would be ideal. So, Nomadland won. Yep. That uh, was... Borat 2 won. And uh, what else won? Queen's there was Gambit. some... Uh, yeah, there was some... A lot of it was more chalky this year. It was great seeing Daniel Kaluuya win. Um, Judas. Might have been a very intentional move on their part, uh, knowing that they are in the news that they decided to put the Daniel Kaluuya speech right at the very top. Yeah, um, of course. And John Boyega, seems, too. Yeah, and John Boyega. They put those back to back right at the beginning of the ceremony. Um, they uh, there was uh, the opening monologue that Tina Fey and Amy Poehler gave was OK. Um, it wasn't their best work, but it was pretty impressive how they did it. They filmed it on opposite coasts yeah, that's, and they that's edited tough. it together. So they didn't, they weren't able to quite have the same back and forth that they do, but it did actually work a little bit better than I thought that it did. Mm. Um, um, so at least from a technical, technical perspective, not so much. I mean, their content, they like dragged the Hollywood foreign press and people were like, this is so epic how they're dragging the Hollywood foreign press. And it's like, yeah, they, they had to get notes. They had to like clear everything that they were saying before they went up on stage and say it. So, let's so calm down. Uh, Deadline has a piece that went up about three hours ago. Um, they might have a all time low 
viewership ratings. I mean, yeah, bet. <laughs> one one point two uh, million people. Yeah, that's uh, that's like it's usually, dramatically. It's less usually than like, t- like above twenty. I want to. Yeah, say. yeah. It's like it's usually in like the fifteen to twenty million range. <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait. No, it's not. 1. I have that wrong. It's, it's five point four. Yeah. That's, okay. That's still it. Says it says one point two rating in the eighteen to forty nine mm. demo. Five point four million viewers. Mm. I mean, part of that's going to be a tribute. Like the Oscar viewers are going to go way down this year because of COVID and less people. The Super Bowl was probably was one of the least watched ever this year just because less people are watching mm-hmm. live television than ever before. It's, it's a 60 percent drop from last year's 18 million. I'm more interested to see how it's going to compare with the Oscars, because I think that that's going to be a better barometer of whether people actually were plugged in online and seeing the controversy and choosing to boycott it. I would like to believe that, but the cynicism in me says no. Yeah. It's doubtful. Well, also I think another reason people are a lot less interested is because uh, they didn't watch movies last Mm -hmm. year. Like even if they are available streaming, like right out the gate, like there's just less skin in the game. There's less buzz about movies in general. And I mean, one of the main reasons why you watch the Golden Globes, because, I mean, they do have the benefit that they also have television and they had some big ticket stuff like Queen's Gambit, things that tons of people watch The Crown. But most of the time people watch it, most of the time I watch it because it's fun to just like watch celebrities get fucking drunk and like all hang out with each other. And you couldn't do that. Everybody was just on Zoom doing their own thing. Yeah, not Um, the same. There was some highlights. I just wanted to highlight a couple of the best speeches. Uh, Lee Isaac Chung won for Minari. Oh, yeah. Um, and his daughter was well just deserved. like hugging him the whole time while he was giving the speech. And he's just like, I wrote this movie for my daughter. This is a movie. The language of this movie isn't a foreign language, isn't English. The, mo- the language of this movie is family and is Ooh, love. Yeah. It was love really is beautiful. Love is love. Oh, Hamilton. Um, <laughs> Hamilton lost to Borat. Did you know that of, of everyone in Hamilton, Landman? well was the one nominated for best actor he was uh, leslie odin was nominated for supporting yeah lin-manuel was nominated for yeah. best actor <laughs> yeah i ah! thank god that hamilton i'm gonna didn't fucking win. kill just myself because i i didn't want that to win also because i hated the precedent that that said that's just like yeah plays are just movies now uh, i hate the precedent it said that uh hamilton is good all of a sudden yeah, Hamilton. Well, I don't really care for the show, but I do think Hamilton was a great guy. <laughs> I'm always saying this. Um, You're a big Hamilton. Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, whenever, because they opened up with him winning for Judas and the Black Messiah. Very well deserved. I hope that this starts some momentum for Judas and Black Messiah as a whole. Um, and there were some technical difficulties at first, and they had to like cut back to him later on. But fucking the man himself goes out there you forget how british he is and then he came up there as acceptance speech full cockney brit coming out here and he quoted nipsey hustle nice like a fucking king um one of the touching moments was chadwick boseman's wife accepting an honor of him uh simone ledward boseman what a great performance in that movie yeah like very I well keep deserved. Thinking about I, that. yeah i mean it's not it's not just a feel bad win no feel bad i like that <laughs> it's not a feel bad one i I'm, I'm also thinking about borat still like are we talking best picture here um, at least a nom so i mean it's not gonna win best i picture, saw obviously, uh but. something on twitter that the last five years the winner 
of the best musical or comedy has been at least nominated for best picture. Yeah. So that, if we get cool. a Borat two nomination, like I'm happy with that. That's yeah. fucking awesome. That's um, that's really cool. That's probably the ceiling for it. Um, Minority. One other one I wanted to shout out. <laughs> so Jane Fonda or uh, Jodie Foster. Jane Fonda also had a really good speech where she got like a Cecil B. DeMille award for. And uh, instead of talking about her career achievements, she just talked about like how we need like more movies like the best movies of the year were Minari and Judas and the Black Messiah and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and One Night Miami and stuff like that and giving more people's voice. That was cool. Um, Jodie Foster won for uh, the more. Moratorium, mortician. I don't, I don't know. I, it's the, I it's the movie it. that everybody was like, what is that? Um, that wasn't music. Um, Judy Foster won, and uh, she's she ended her speech by thanking Aaron Rodgers, swag, <laughs> who was uh, co- now uh, fiance of her co star Shailene Woodley. Very bizarre, yeah. It was a very odd moment. I loved it. Um, I'm pretty sure he thanked her when he won MVP. <laughs> I'm not, like, no, I'm not joking. I think that's like... He's like, really? Her child performance in Taxi Driver just kind of got me to where I am today. Yeah. Like, I and- saw myself in this child prostitute. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, David Fincher uh, ended up being shown on the screen because Mank was nominated for a bunch of stuff, uh, including for his dad for screenplay, and they would cut to him. He did not win a single award, but every time that they announced a winner, he took a shot on the Zoom call. Swag. So he was just getting fucking lit. He realized that this was a joke. Um, that was great. I got to talk about our guy, Aaron Sorkin, though. Um, I don't know if you guys Lost saw. Lost to Chloe Zhao, best director. But he did win for best screenplay. Um, and it was easily the worst and most cringy speech of the night. Um, he went, he started off speech, uh, by like telling all, he was just like, I just want to tell the women who are nominated, like my daughters want to be just like you. And then he went on to thank Regina King, uh, when she was not nominated, Mm -hmm. like as though he did not know what the nominations were for. And you just see, Fincher taking a shot in the background and Chloe Zhao just like starts laughing and Emerald Fennell is just like staring there with a blank <laughs> face like she's going to come through and strangle Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, he, man, he sucks. Are we are we, are we going to talk more about Promising Young Woman? You haven't seen it, Drew, have you? I really like it a lot. That. Um, I feel like there's already been a huge backlash starting for that movie, but I, I, I like it a lot. It's a um, good movie. I'm glad it got nominated for shit. It just seems like a weird one, you know, to go yeah. for awards, but it's good. One other, I feel bad. I wonder, I'm curious about how Jason Sudeikis is doing, guys. Um, he, uh, he looked fucked up. Of course, he's going through a separation with Olivia Wilde right now, who has now been going out with uh, Harry Styles. Um, and he had like real big like going through a divorce energy sure um he was yeah. just wearing like a tie-dye hoodie when he accepted his award for ted lasso and he just like filmed it in a basement i think i'm gonna watch Ted Lasso. Okay. i want to watch it's a it phenomenon people are crazy it's about a great it. show it's how do super i watch fun. this show apple plus how come it doesn't just apple show plus. up on my computer you have to it's, <laughs> it's, it's that's what i say that's what i say every week about play every ted lasso nothing yeah. Nothing is happening. You have to watch it on an iPod. (laughs) The only other thing we can kind of wrap up the Golden Globes talk here is that uh, it kind of the Globes, because they do act as like, like 
Nomadland is the clear number one. Like that is the favorite at this point. I think it's a pretty heavy favorite to win Best Picture. I think Chloe Zhao is a pretty heavy favorite to win Best Director. Um, actor supporting it. actor looks like that's wrapped up. Actress looks wide open. Um, did you guys see who won for the actress nominees? It was Andre Day for Billy, uh, United States versus Billy Holiday, a movie that just came out and like nobody's really seen since they have seen. I haven't really heard anybody talking about. Um, although it is cool to see her get recognized because so many white women who do biopic, white women and white men who do biopics get recognized, and oftentimes black people do not get recognized for the same kind of work. Um, and then our our girl Rosamund Pike won for I Care a Lot. Mm. The Netflix Brett, movie Brett that I have he, not heard anything good about. Brett said he saw it and it wasn't good. Yeah, I have not heard anybody say like this is a good movie. But I mean, they beat out like Regina King and uh, Viola or not Regina King, Viola Davis and um, uh, Carrie Mulligan and a lot of other people who we thought were going to be there. Let's let's wait and see what the SAGs are like. Okay. I, I don't really like again, the Globes are just such bullshit that I don't see those as being part of the overall trend. I think Andre season. Day is definitely a locked again nomination now. Rosamund Pike, I don't know about. I think the uh, the movie music is going to win Best Picture. Yeah, you yes. think uh, Sia for Best Screenplay is going to happen? Yeah, if she if she did write it down, because <laughs> from what I've heard about that movie, it very well could have been a completely on the fly production. Uh, also, it might not exist. I don't know for sure. Uh, I've seen the stills though that uh, got them in hot water, and I gotta say that water's hot. Mm. Yeah, the water is deservedly hot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Isn't it like some pedophile shit? I don't know about that. I mean, it, Sia is like a pedophile. Okay, not a pedophile, but like she's like energy. She's very weirdly close to this girl, Maddie Ziegler. This is the girl from from the show Dance Moms, who was in uh, the Chandelier music video very famously. And uh, yeah, apparently Sia. Like, I always thought that was Sia. <laughs> she is old. <laughs> she is like in her like forties or fifties. Yeah. And she, but when I saw that video, that's that was my only yeah, reference. Forty five. What the fuck? I realized she was. That yeah. Old. She's just well. She's been like just like a huge like hit pop song songwriter for years and years. Because she wears big hair. I can, and then, yeah. I can and then, then she was she like literally she like put on big hair so you couldn't see that she was just some old white. Lady. I've uh, I've heard that the problem with that movie among many things is the way that it uh, portrays uh, autism. autism. Yeah. Uh, that it is not great. That is an I haven't seen like just a more vehement reaction of just everybody online just being like hey fuck this movie about something in a long time like that was uh i mean it's not like wild. it's not like it's going to be good enough to make up for any amount of problematicness too which yeah. is usually the thing that happens especially if something is in award shows unless it's the golden globes um i, I don't i just they, I don't care. About I'm not. I'm not going to watch man. music. I'll tell you right now. I watched so great, many movies. Great SEO for that movie, by the way. <laughs> music. Speaking of music, as we mentioned earlier, music is dead. Music is done. It's over. There's no need to keep going because the duo, the French duo, have called it quits. Oh, I don't want to sing anymore. Electro, pop, geniuses, dance club house pioneers daft punk have said that they're done it's over no more music it's over goodbye forever <laughs> um you know i can't say i'm shocked because ram came out 
uh what eight years ago yeah and it's been radio silence since then they never toured it well they did i mean they've collabed with the weekend and stuff like are they that. done doing and that too yep collabs I, they sound i mean they said that daft punk is gone okay so i guess they're probably going to work individually as musicians i'm guessing yeah they'll pop up as producers in the yeah, future just I'm not sure. like to, maybe they're just done collaborating they're like yeah we're this is done um that's that's sad yeah, it's, yeah that's a bummer i'm it got me like a little bit choked up we, we got a we got a poster like I, here in the studio i them looking is, over us mm. that's one of my favorite groups just ever like just flat out they're easily in my top 10 of just people that i love so much they meant so much to me because the thing is like not only i'm not like the biggest electronic fan in the world but you but are they, the biggest pharrell williams fan in the world yes um but they like push the boundaries for what music was like beyond just electronic music. If you watch stuff like their live performance of a live 2007 or I mean, listening to it, but really watch the actual with the big live show with the big pyramid stuff like that. They are able to make these very complex songs and then strip them down to bare parts and figure out how they all work together in a way that is just like it's another level of. They're, brain they're, work that they're it's really just, it's, uh they're really good djs that's what yeah. that is it's just being a dj and they're they're incredible at Dude, it a live 1997 is a balls out like celebration of what a dj can do in the purest form mm-hmm. like just free flowing um almost yeah pretty much like improvisational djing uh completely unhindered and untethered to like any sort of structure just going full balls out craziness yeah they did a lot for uh the art of sampling which obviously Mm -hmm. they didn't invent uh, at all but like they they forwarded it like quite a bit and Um, made it palatable to the mainstream to the masses that's the best thing about daft punk is that they took this level of this this genre of house that was thriving um before they came onto the scene and then they elevated it to be like played on the radio. It was it was yeah. unbelievable. And and you know, you go back and listen to those songs, you go back and listen to homework, even Discovery, which is like what, fifteen years old at this point? Older than that. It came out in like two thousand two. Yeah. Oh yeah. it's it's hitting its twentieth anniversary. Yeah, two thousand one actually, yeah, just at its twentieth anniversary. I oh believe. wow. Um, so you know, there's this timeless quality to those songs and and even ram too that's gonna be a timeless one it already is um and i think that that's one of the things that sets them apart is that they don't they they come from a certain genre and a certain trend of music but they're not tethered to that they're not married to that they they exist outside of that in their own sphere and that's why people gravitated to them and, and lifted them up into the, you know, stratospheric success that they had. Uh, Cause they didn't sound like anything else. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really was heartbreaking whenever I got the news. Although, I mean, like you are right. Like I should have known, but I think it hurt also a little bit more. Cause just the night before I was talking with uh, uh, me and friend of the pod, Nathan were at a trivia uh, place together and we were like doing trivia and the, uh person doing the trivia um 
was just like uh, this French uh, electronic duo. I was like, it's Daft Punk. I was like, don't even have to tell me anything else. I know who you're talking about. Like those in there just like, oh, they wear helmets around and they do not show their face in public. Come and I was on, like, I, come on, what are you doing? This is a round one question. Um, but like they became so identifiable, both their music and their look that they had. And it was it was pretty heartbreaking whenever I heard the news. But then I spent uh, the next like 24 hours going on deep dives of like Daft Punk subreddit and everything else. And I read somebody wrote like a I don't have the Reddit user in front of me, so I'm sorry I'm not giving them credit. But wrote like this whole write up about how like despite it being delayed, like this was the most Daft Punk thing to happen. If you look back through their music and through their sound, if you're going to draw a line for them sonically and some kind of story that they were trying to tell it's that these are two people who felt disconnected from the rest of the world and like they wanted to be human and then with random access memories they use mostly real instruments for the first time in anything they have actual real people singing on and they actually it's like they hit that moment where they could be human Mm-hmm. And, and contact, the most, contact is the perfect end note yeah like that to that go is, out on that song is just like they're just blasting in the outer it's space just a wall of sound to just kind of send you off from everything and in the most daft punk way possible is a band that like frank ocean is now in the daft punk zone where we just like every year like maybe we'll get a new frank ocean album this year and it's just like probably not um Daft Punk was that way for years and in the most Daft Punk way ever, haven't made any noise. They released a couple songs of the weekend doing some collabs and then just kind of announced just out of the blue on a random February day that like we're done. This is it. Rip. Um, (laughs) A couple things I did uh, watch Daft Punk related because as I said, I went into a wormhole and I still kind of am. I'm still just listening to Daft Punk on a loop. My YouTube algorithm is like all Daft Punk right now. Like I'm just getting recommended all these live (laughs) sets. I just shared uh, uh, to our group chat a set of them playing with um, Phoenix. It, Madison Who Square used Garden to be members. They were in a band with the Daft Punk boys way back oh, in the day. Fuck yeah. Yeah. What an incredible group that was. <laughs> um, it's a great set. It's on yeah. YouTube if you just search like 2010 Madison Square Garden, Phoenix, Daft Punk. But um, yeah, I've just been going. I mean, Daft Punk was number one by a mile on my bucket list of ours oh, to yeah. see live. And now it's kind of just like that'll never happen. Um, I, uh, I watched. Interstellar 555, the story of Secret Star System, which is kind of their visual album that goes along with Discovery. Um, It is just, there's no dialogue. The only thing that's playing throughout it is just the music, the album Discovery is just playing along to it. Um, It's fun. Uh, I mean, if you like Discovery, then you'll like this thing because it's Daft Punk music. It's very like anime style. If you've ever seen any music videos for any song off Discovery, One More Time or Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, then you've seen a clip of this Mm -hmm. movie because that's just what the music videos are, are this movie. Um, It's good. It's on YouTube. Um, If you are a fan of Daft Punk, then check it out. But... I really wanted to talk about another uh, thing that I had never seen before. That was a film that the two of them, uh, Thomas Bergalter and Guy Manuel de uh, Homan Cristo, the two boys from Daft Punk, directed and wrote and starred in uh, called Electromoth. Yeah, I saw this too. Okay. Drew, did you get a chance to see this thing? Yeah. Um, I, I had never 
even heard of this before. I'd seen like like stills from it because mm-hmm. it's there but are you, like s- didn't even realize that it was from a movie right there's some like very striking shots of them in the desert and i think that's what they use for their little mm-hmm. uh goodbye announcement that they put out is the clip from this film um but actually like sitting down and watching it and like experiencing the narrative it is so out there <laughs> it is so weird i i really loved it like i love it is it's a 72 minute film with no dialogue, no dialogue, um, intermittent, intermittent use of songs, but not Daft Punk songs. But like, I think that I just something about it. And maybe I'm biased because, again, like I have said for the last 15 minutes, Daft Punk is one of my favorite groups ever. Um, but just the really avant-garde nature of it just realist was really profound and i I found it it really was effective on me a lot what did you guys think about it like as a movie i'm gonna gonna have to spoil it to give my my thoughts on it so if you haven't seen it go ahead and check it out it's like a, a little over an hour but there's some imagery in this that once you see it it's like so creepy and startling and like off-putting that it just like it really wowed me. Um, it, it, again, like like I said about their music, there's just like nothing else like it. Like there's an entire sequence where they put flesh oh my on God. top in of the their white, helmets. The it's like stark white background, and like the yeah. people in it are wearing these like white. They're, it has to be green screen suits, but are perfectly blended into the background. So you just see white silhouettes. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Like it, it's I, so striking. I, I haven't seen anything like this shit before. <laughs> and you it obviously like you can't sit down and watch this and think you're going to be seeing a conventional movie. That's not what this is. This is like an an, an art piece, a visual art piece. It's extremely weird. Um, but if you just kind of go with what they're doing. And you embrace the weirdness. You see some some wild shit. I mean, that whole sequence of them with the flesh on top of their helmets and then like walking around as they're being chased by all the other robots and the flesh is just melting. And then they go into this bathroom and the lights are Ugh. strobing as the flesh melts off to reveal the helmets once again. I was like, this is fucking nuts this is nuts i can't believe that they did this it it doesn't fit with the vibe of their music because their music is so like poppy and like it's got like this this tempo and this rhythm and and obviously you know they do have their down tempo stuff here and there but for the most part they are the clubby housey up tempo electronic stuff and this the mood of this piece is so just surrealist and kind of scary and, and horror uh, inspired that it kind of like took me aback a little bit, but it serves the larger story that they're trying to tell Mm -hmm. about these robots trying to become human um, and ultimately blowing themselves up. Yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) yeah. Like, that Suicide. whole all the themes of like individuality versus conformity and like isolation and I think that all those themes really worked like if re- like I was actually like impressed by how well it worked because mm-hmm. the film starts it's just 10 minutes of them sitting in a car and I was like 
what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. <it laughs> like, is, is it just, slow. do I just yeah. get to watch the two of them just drive around in a car or what's going on here? And by the end of it, like, it really did work for me and just kind of it ends on such a depressing note. Like, that's, yeah, it's just out in this desert and they, and like one of them uh, wants to be human and, he wants to be different and he's rejected by society and eventually even his own body rejects it and he kills himself. It's so, it's so fucking weird, man. Drew, what'd you think about it? I didn't, uh, I didn't like watch it in its entirety, like narratively, like I skipped around. Uh, I have a little hack for the listener. Uh, most, almost any frame in this, you you go full screen you hit pause screenshot wallpaper for your computer yeah you're welcome yeah, gorgeous you're welcome i thought you were gonna say like i watched this movie at 1.2 times speed you gave it the mank treatment yeah again <laughs> no that's so last year you have more respect for daft punk than you do for david fincher no i i have more respect for daft punk than i do for jack fincher okay that's fair i'll take May that. he rest in peace <laughs> It's on YouTube. Um, I'm trying to find because you you shared a link to it, Hunter. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm sure I can find it somewhere. There's it like down? multiple uploads of it because the problem is for this and Interstellar, the only way to watch them fully legally is through a DVD. And good luck finding one of those. I tried to find Electroma. Um, the cheapest I could find it on Amazon for a DVD was, I believe, two hundred and fifty dollars. So what? look on YouTube for both of those. Dude, I bet this Daft Punk uh, breakup, whatever, is like just skyrocketing the eBay sales. Yeah. And the I'm glad that glad I got my Ram and my Discovery vinyl now. They're only going to they're only going to appreciate and value. Oh, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> one last thing on Daft Punk. The fact that they ended, they posted that video of the end of Electromob as their closing uh, video that they posted on their YouTube channel with touch is just beautiful. Might be my favorite Daft Punk song. And yeah. Just ending Oof. like that I is love just, that song. I, I want that song. Let this be like a audio, an auditory uh, will and testament of me. I want touch to play at my funeral. Okay. Yeah. You guys all love me. I'm probably going to die in like the next three years. So just make sure that plays there. It, it, the, the link you shared did get taken off YouTube. So oh, I'm glad just I, type in Electroma Daft Punk on YouTube and you'll probably be able to find one. I'm glad I got a chance to see it because it is I guess they're cracking down on it. Damn, that sucks. Daft Punk, do it, do it. Get Criterion on this. Yeah. Let's have a Criterion re-release. I want I want Daft Punk commentary on this. Give it to me. Um, all right. Well, do we have anything else? Or is that it? Uh, Should I talk, talk about, about Tom, Tom and Jerry? Tom and Jerry? Uh, I watched Tom and Jerry, the new... <laughs> Just the old one, old uh, cartoons. 2021 film on HBO Max, now in theaters. Made $13 million at the box office, baby. Damn. Are movies back? <laughs> <laughs> well, people I... don't give a... F it's either movies are back or people are fucking done with quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Should I run and get the vaccine so I can watch Tom and Jerry again? Because it just didn't do it for me on HBO Max. Yeah, that was the problem. That's the problem behind it is you're like, Haley Steinfeld's performance isn't quite coming through the way it's, that we're uh, Chloe screen. Grace Moretz. Oh, Chloe. Not, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My mistake. Uh, I put this on in the background oh, while I was fuck. working. 
and it was fine. Uh, do not recommend it. It's only good if you're going to be paying like half attention. Would to you it. recommend it to like a five year old? Sure. No. I, well, the thing about HBO Max is that you can just watch old Looney Tunes. So just watch that. You don't have to watch the new shit. So you're saying this isn't going to be the next two frame Roger Rabbit? No, not at all. It, there are some things that are kind of cute know. about it. I, I, five year olds like love Colin Jost, dude. <laughs> he looks fucked up in this movie. He's got like a weird tan going on. Ew. Um, and he looks like he didn't want to be on set like at all. There's no shot where you can tell that he's invested into what he's doing. Why not? I wonder. And uh, <laughs> the whole plot, because this movie has to have like a plot with humans in it. And it just it, who who thought when they were pitching a Tom and Jerry movie that it couldn't just be a cat chasing a mouse. That for was my question minutes? is, why isn't it just cartoon? Why did they make it in the human world? Because Does that add anything. Somebody was not on enough cocaine in the pitch meeting. Clearly, they were just like, they're um, on too well, much cocaine. <laughs> No, no, this movie needed a fucking jolt of something because they were like, we need to have a plot about a hotel where uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is infiltrating. By the way, her character is a terrible person. She like steals somebody else's resume and impersonates her to get a job at this hotel. Um, oh, we've all been there. And uh, Rob Delaney's the manager at the hotel. A. And Michael Pena's like the other subordinate employee who gets like cucked the whole time um very racist character i was offended by michael pena's character uh michael pena doesn't have an accent like he can talk straight english and they give him like this racist mexican oh accent <laughs> wow. stepping backward in hollywood culture. i was like what the fuck is going on um but then colin jost is there with his fiance to have this big fancy wedding at the hotel but oh, 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 Tom and Jerry are going to ruin the wedding. So Chloe Grace Moretz has to catch the mouse so that the wedding goes on. This sounds so wildly unnecessary. That <laughs> why, plot why give is it that so, much <laughs> and they, so hire, they hire Tom as an employee of the hotel. <laughs> that was actually kind of funny where Rob Delaney has some jokes where he's like, well, we have to hire the, the cat. Because then PETA will be all over us for like mm -hmm. animal abuse if we don't give him fair pay for mm -hmm. his work mm -hmm. to help us catch the mouse. Um, so I did enjoy that. How is Rob Delaney? Is he getting them checks? I'm happy for him. That's why I, I saw feel, it. I want. I well, I mean, I guess Rob Delaney seems like he's thriving. So I don't want to say that I want more for him, but because he seems like he's doing good. Yeah. But like, can we give him like some more roles that are good and aren't just Deadpool two and Tom and Jerry? He has more to do here than in Deadpool 2. Well, actually, does he? I don't even remember I, him in Deadpool, Deadpool 2 is a nothing did, movie. Did he did he have more than one scene in that movie? I can't he I can't even remember. He jumps out of a plane. Is, does he die along with everyone else? Or is no, he the lone I think, survivor? No, he lives. But I then think he's like, like the him and Zazie Beats both yeah. survive. And then they just kind of like uh do like one thing each or whatever. I don't know. I mean, that movie wanted me to not care about how it ended, so I, it worked really well. I, I feel like uh, I'm almost 
Well, I don't even know if I'm in the minority. I don't give a shit about Deadpool, man. Like, I'm sorry if people are like, how I could love you Deadpool. say something He's so epic. brave? No, I feel like a lot of like people who probably listen to movie podcasts fucking like Deadpool. And I just don't care about Deadpool. I, there's like two more things I want to say about Tom and Jerry. One, it opens with a Tribe Called Quest song. Swing. Can I kick it? And I was like, I was like, is this movie about to be a masterpiece? Yes, you can. And then it wasn't. <laughs> And then the other thing is when they're at the wedding at the end, the the fiance's husband or sorry, the fiance's father goes up to Colin Jose, who is wearing this is like an Indian wedding. Um, and he's wearing like a like a little bit of a traditional Indian garb. The fiance's father goes up to Colin Jose and says, why aren't you wearing a turban? And then I rolled my eyes all the way up and around behind my head and uh, almost crushed my computer. That's a good sight gag right there. <laughs> is it? That's is a, it? That's why aren't you wearing a turban, Colin Jost? Because that's something we all want to see. Is it Lizzo it is. who plays a dummy thick pigeon in this? Oh, shit. I didn't even realize that. So is, she's, it, is Lizzo in the movie? I, like, for I don't some reason, know. I thought that it was the her. Pigeon I could is, be completely wrong on that. The pigeon is the one rapping Tribe Called Quest, but it's not oh. Lizzo's voice. Is the pigeon thick? Yeah. Pigeon okay. thick. thick. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. Don't watch it. Um, <laughs> this is really wild, man. Watch, watch the cartoons. It, it does kind of capture the energy of the cartoons a little bit with some of the, you know, the antics, the gags of yeah. Tom and Jerry doing their thing, but that's such a tiny, tiny piece of the movie. Yes. Most of the movie is devoted to Chloe Grace Moretz trying to save this wedding that Colin Jost is fucking up because he's a fucking dumbass idiot. Um, the whole the whole conflict is that he cares too much about his fiance and he wants the wedding to be too big with too many moving She's parts like, honey let's just elope yeah exactly exactly and there's a ring and it goes missing and it doesn't matter this is so it's fine stupid. this sucks i don't care i'm not gonna watch this thank you for listening <laughs> uh let us know what you thought of daft punk breaking up golden globes and tom and jerry if you have any thoughts at we bought a mic on twitter we bought a mic at gmail.com stick around rate review subscribe follow us email us donate and listen to our review of Nomadland if you haven't already next week we're talking Minari and we love you and bye 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 bye